0: So this morning what uh, I want to do is just two things basically and uh, two points and they've got a couple of points inside them. You'll see the outline for that on the back of your service sheet. Uh, So what we're going to be looking at first is what type of book is uh, the book of Revelation. We're going to look at that to see uh, what John says it's about Uh, and then we're going to have just a quick a bit of a look at uh, three things I think that we can take out of the first eight verses that help us understand what the rest of Revelation is going to tell us as well. And help us how we can apply it to where we're at here in Evanshead Prezi. Uh, The book Revelation actually comes from the title, comes from the very first couple of words. And that actually helps us understand what type of book it is. Uh, Because if you see there, the very second word is the Revelation. Uh, So the the word Revelation is actually the word apocalypse or apocalypsis. That's where we often get that term apocalypse from. Uh, and what apocalypse actually means is it means uh, a, re- a revealing of, a making known of, uh, a sorting out of, of showing what what is meant to be. Uh, and so what uh, John is saying right from the beginning here, that the book of Revelation is a revelation that's going to reveal something to us, that it's going to make known to us something. And so he says to us that it's going to make known to us something which is straight after that, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. So what this book is going to do, it's going to reveal to us Jesus. Uh, Lots of people try and find codes and meanings and all sorts of things that run through uh, Revelation and try and put all these things together. But the key to Revelation is Jesus. All this other stuff, they might be helpful, there might be things there and we're going to have to work hard at understanding some of that stuff. But the key to Revelation is actually Jesus. It's about Him. I'm going to say it's about Jesus, who is the triumphal, returning, victorious King who wants us to live under his kingship. Jesus is the triumphant, victorious, returning king who wants us to live under his kingship. That's what Revelation is about. It wants to reveal that to us. It wants to show us that. He wants us to confirm us in that and encourage us in that. Uh, one of my lecturers at Bible College said that Revelation is a bit like a type of music, and I can't remember the type of music that he said it was, but it's a type of music that has uh, a bass line that basically runs all the way through it. It runs all the way along underneath and then on top of it are all these notes that go all over the place. And the bass line holds it together for the whole of the song. And Revelation is like that, he said. The bass line is Jesus. He holds it all together. It runs from the beginning to the end that Jesus is the triumphant, victorious returning king. And then there's all this other stuff that go all over the flitter and all over the place and, and it's sometimes those notes are important but those notes aren't as important as the baseline. The baseline is what holds it together. So the first thing we need to realise is that revelation is a revealing of, a making known of Jesus Christ. And it's a revelation that's been brought down to you and I. Uh, it says there, doesn't it, it says, it's a revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave to him to show to his servants that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John who testifies to everything he saw. Uh, So this revelation, this making known has firstly been given to Jesus that then has been given to an angel that then has been given to John that then has been given to the people that he's writing to and then it is for us as well. You see the movement of that? It's a revelation that is for us eventually but it's got to go through all those others first. Uh, and that's how God works. And the really important thing to know about that is that it is God's Word. That this isn't just John on some psychedelic trip. He hasn't somehow taken some magic mushroom or some drug and flipped out and he's got all these amazing pictures happening in his, in his head. But this is actually God's Word. God has revealed this and God has brought this and it's been brought to be given to John that it's been to pass on to the people that he's writing to that it's been passed on to you and I. So it's a revelation of Jesus from God to us. So we need to remember it's God's word. It's not just this warped out funny story, but it's God's word to you and I. And the word revelation has another connotation to it as well because the word revelation or apocalyptic is actually a style of writing as well. Uh, John wasn't the first one to write like this. Uh, people like Daniel and Zechariah and even Ezekiel a little bit Has it in it? It's a style of writing uh, where God reveals things to people through visions and dreams, and through giving lots of symbolism and imagery and pictures. Uh, If you want to say, in a sense, Romans is like your theological handbook, and Revelation is like your picture book. Uh, Romans, you get down into the nitty-gritty of everything, and you can nut it out. You can work it bit by bit by bit. Whereas Revelation is like this big picture book and it just opens up and broadens out for you and you go, wow, it's an amazing book. It's a big picture book for us as well. And so when we read Revelation, we've got to remember that, that John's writing in this style of apocalyptic. So therefore, there's going to be lots of symbols and lots of imagery and lots of things pointing to things. So it's very hard to take it just literally. You can't just tweak out a verse out of Revelation and say, that's exactly here. You need to think about it, how he's putting it together uh, because it's going to have a whole lot of symbols to it. Now, that does make it a little bit difficult and it does make it a little bit hard to work through. It just means you need to put a little bit more effort into trying to work it out. And lots of the imagery and lots of the pictures and lots of the symbolism relate right back to the Old Testament. And Daniel, the book of Daniel, is really important in understanding Revelation because Daniel says, gives some very similar pictures to, re, to John does and Daniel says that he's revealing things that are going to happen in the future whereas John says he's revealing stuff that's happening now and very shortly. See what he says shows his servants that must soon take place. Uh, people who've read this they show that if you look at the exact writing of Daniel chapter 2 verse 28 and Revelation chapter 1 verse 2 they are almost identical in the way that they are written in Hebrew and Greek. And so what John is doing is saying I'm actually coming in to show you The things that Daniel was talking about, they're going to be revealed here and now. So we need to keep that in mind. It's a revelation of what God is bringing of Jesus, the triumphal King, who's going to come and show us and He's going to return. But not only is it a revelation, but it's also a prophetic revelation, isn't it? Uh, Look at what it says in verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart that is written in it, because the time is near. So it's a prophetic revelation. And now when the Bible talks about prophecy, it's not always about future telling. It's more about forth telling. It's about telling what God is doing and what God is going to do. So revelation, in a sense, isn't all about end times. Some people always think that revelation is all about something that's going to happen here. But revelation, I think, is actually for all times. And I'll show you that as we work through... But it actually is about all times. It talks about what happened back then, it's talking about what's happening now, and it's going to be talking about what's happening in the future. It's for all time. It's not just what's going to happen in the end, but it's actually for all time. Because we've got to remember that it was written to a specific people, wasn't it? So these people that he wrote to back when John wrote uh, have to know what it's about as well. So it can't all be about barcodes or possibly having things on our foreheads or stuff like that. It's got to be about stuff that they know about as well. So it's a prophetic in one sense that it's talking about and forth telling what God is doing, what God has done, what God is doing and what God will do. Because that's what the prophets of old did. That's what Ezekiel did. That's what Daniel did. That's what Zechariah did. That's what Isaiah did. That's what Elijah did. They didn't always talk about what was going to happen in the future. They also spoke about what was happening now. They were telling the people what God is doing here and now and what he will do in the future. So we've got to remember that when we read Revelation 2. It's not all about what's going to happen down the track. It's going to tell us about what has happened, what is happening and what will happen in the future. And the other thing about prophecy is we need to realise that prophecy again, the key to prophecy is Jesus. He is the fulfilment of it all. If you go to chapter 19 verse 10, have a quick look if you want to flip over in your Bibles. Chapter 19 verse 10 says this, if you can get there. Quickly flip over. Revelation 19 says, For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You see, the spirit of prophecy is Jesus. What is prophecy about? It's about Jesus. So whenever we read anything that's talking about prophetic, it it, it finds its fulfilment in Jesus. Be it in how he lived, how he died, how he rose... Or when he's coming back again. It's all fulfilled in Jesus. So it's another part to it, isn't it? We need to keep our focus when we read Revelation that it's all about Jesus. But not only is it a revelation, a prophetic revelation, but it's also a letter. Have a look at uh, verse 4. John says, "'To the seven churches in the province of Asia, Asia, "'grace and peace to you from him who is and was "'and who is is to come, "'and from the seven spirits before his throne.'" and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Uh, It's funny, John almost does two intros, doesn't he? He does an intro in the first couple of verses and then he comes in with another intro in verse 4. And the verse 4 intro is very, very similar to just about every other letter in the New Testament. Ah, you see Paul, he writes to the churches of such and such, grace and peace to you. Or he writes to Colossae or Philippi or Ephesians. Uh, so what it is, it's a letter. Revelation is in the same sense a letter like every other letter in the New Testament. It's from a specific person to a specific group of people. And the group of people that John's writing to is to the seven churches in Asia. Uh, now these are seven specific churches in one sense. But I also think that they're a, in a sense a representation of all churches. Because Revelation, in the time when John wrote, there were about ten churches in Asia, not just seven. There's about ten. And so the seven he's picked is because I think he's saying these seven are representative of all the churches. Because seven is a very important number in, the, in, the, uh, in Revelation, if you read through. Uh, seven means complete, or fulfillment of, or the whole of. Uh, And so when he uses seven, he uses that in a minute with the seven spirits. I think what he's saying about the seven spirits is actually about the Holy Spirit because it's the complete sense. It's about the, the fullness of Jesus. It's the whole spirit. The seven spirits is the Holy Spirit. It's the complete part of the spirit. And so here he's saying is the seven churches. He's saying I'm writing to seven specific churches so there are specific things that I'm saying to them but these seven are also a representative of the whole church, of every church. So the letter is written in a sense to all churches everywhere as much as it is to the individuals. So it also needs to keep that in mind as well. And it's a letter that's written to the churches and so you've got to remember back then too they didn't have it all written for them to read through uh, and people couldn't read very often. So Revelation is a book that uses a whole lot of symbols and pictures to help people understand it, to show them what it's like rather than just see what it's like so they can actually get a picture of it in their head. Now some people are visual people, aren't they? And some people aren't. I'm a bit more, I've got to see it and I've got to make sure that it all adds up and works out. Other people like to see drawings and writing and they like to see art and sculpture and all those sorts of things and they're more visual. And in a sense, Revelation is for the more visual because he's painting this big picture for people to see. But we've also got to remember that it's first of all and foremost to the people of their time. So when we read Revelation, we've got to spend a whole lot of time working out what it says firstly to the people that John wrote to, before we get to how it relates to us. Uh, And the whole of the book is to the whole of the seven churches. This is like a circular letter. So John's put this out, and each church will read about each other church. And then from chapter 4 onwards, it's all the visions. Every church will read all of that as well. Uh, So it's not just seven individual letters to seven individual churches. It's one letter to all the churches, to people everywhere in a sense. So that's good for us to keep in mind, isn't it? It's a letter from John, uh, from God, to Jesus, through an angel, to John, to the people back then, to us. It's a letter that is of prophetic revelation. So it's speaking and forth telling of who God is and what he's like. It's forth telling of who Jesus is. And it's a revelation that's making known who he is throughout it. So it's really good for us to keep that in mind as we go through it. Now some of you guys who are here visiting us today, you might not get to see the rest of the series with us. Uh, but that might hopefully be helpful when you read Revelation yourself. Remember that that's what it's about. It's a, it's a letter of prophetic revelation about Jesus Christ, the triumphant, victorious, returning King. That's the key to Revelation. As we work through it, you'll see that come out as we go through more and more. Um, well, let me say, what, what are three things can we say for us about that? Uh, And there's three things that we get glimpses into uh, in regards to the whole of Revelation that come out of even just these first few uh, uh, verses. And the first one I think we need to get out of this is the nature of the world. Uh, So often we, as Aussies, Western Western grown-up Australians, we tend to think of everything of what we can see. If you can't see it, then we don't believe it. If you can't prove it empirically, then we don't believe it. But what Revelation does for us is it opens up that there is a far bigger world out there and there's far bigger things than just what is here. That there is actually an eternity, that there is a realm outside of this realm, that there is heaven, that there is earth, that there is the devil, that there is Satan, that there is angels, that there is Jesus, that there is God who is in a battle with that, that God's heavenly room is opened up to us and shown to us, that there is more to this world than just what we can touch and feel here today that there is far more to it than that and we need to take that to heart don't we because so often we just think that the world's just here and it's just on about what we're on about and it's just wrapped up in my own little world and my own little things but it is far bigger than that god is far bigger than that and there is a spiritual world out there that we're only getting a glimpse of when we look at revelation And we need to keep that in mind when we read it, that it gives that perspective to us, that reminds us of that perspective. Um, And I think we need to make sure that we don't ever lose that. We don't lose it that is bigger than what we see here and now. God is working on a cosmic scheme, not just on our own individual lives. He's bigger than that. We play play a part in it, but it's bigger than that. Uh, the other thing that I think we need to take into consideration is that God is actually in control of that, of everything. Uh, look at verse 4. It says, To the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is, is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne. Uh, from him who was and is and is to come. This is a God who is over everything. He's in control of everything. And look at down at verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is, is to come, the Almighty. So often when we look at the world, we think it's in chaos, don't we? We think that just everything's completely, utterly destroyed. And we think, who is in control of this? Well, Revelation steps in and says God's in control of it. No matter how chaotic you think it is, no matter how devastating it looks like it is no matter what is going on around you god has got it sorted he's got it in control even at the worst of times god's got it in control even in the best of times god has got it in control even though it looks like the people who shouldn't have power have power god ultimately has it in control he is the one who has the power it's quite easy for us, isn't it, to have a shrunken world view that we just think of the things that are around us. But again, we need to look outside that and see that God is ultimately in control of everything. God says that He is the Alpha and the Omega, that He is the beginning and the end, and everything in between. He has it all, and everything is in His hands. You know, and if you know Him and you trust him, then you're in his hands. He has you as well. Not just the universe, not just everything else, but you. He holds you as well. Even in the middle of all that. So we have to Revelation gives us a bigger picture of what's there. There's more to the world than what we see here and now. Our Revelation says to us that God's in control of all that, no matter what's going on around us, He has it all sorted. Uh, and we need to remember that. Uh, but I think one of the biggest things that we need to get out of Revelation is the importance and the urgency of following Jesus. The importance and the urgency of following Jesus. Uh, look what he says there uh, in verses 4. He goes on down there in verse 5. It says, uh, and halfway through it says, To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power for forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see, even those who pierced him. And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. Jesus is the risen king. He has defeated death. He has taken on. He has risen again. He has come back to life. And he says, if you trust in me, then I have life. and I can give it to you. And he says, I'm coming back again. And don't forget it. I'm coming back again. Uh, I was a physical education teacher in a previous lifetime. uh, Well, before I became a minister. uh, And I can remember my first year out when I went to teach at a school. The principal said in a meeting, he says that every now and then I'm going to pop in and I'm going to have a look at what you're doing in your classes and see what you're doing. And me being a first year out teacher, when I started teaching, thought, ah, that's not going to happen. He's not going to have enough time. And he's 60. What's he going to have to do with a PE teaching anyway? He can't run around, he can't play games, he can't do anything. He's not going to turn up, he's not going to be there. So I went on and thought, well, that's all fine. Well, the first term went by and he didn't turn up. I thought, ah, that's what's going to happen, he's not going to turn up. Well, the second term, in the middle of the term, suddenly he turned up on the tennis courts, standing there with, with uh, sand shoes on, ready to play a game. Now, that freaked me. I thought, oh, No! Am I prepared? Am I ready? Have I done enough preparation? Have I got my lesson plan organised? Are these kids going to behave for him? Sometimes they don't behave for me, but now the principal's here. What am I going to do? This is, man, so my blood pressure went up, started to sweat a bit. not too sure what happens. I wasn't even moving and I was sweating. And it was just like this, wow, the principal's here. What am I going to do? Well, it went okay, I'll let you know. But um, I think we live a little bit like that, like I did with the principal, don't we? Uh, The Bible tells us that Jesus is going to return. It says he's going to come and he's going to reveal everything and everyone's going to know him. Uh, Revelation says it's going to be soon. Now remember Revelation wrote this, John wrote this over 2,000 years ago and he thought it was soon then. We're a lot further down the track than he was so it's going to be soon. Uh, The whole of the New Testament is written in that aspect that Jesus is going to return soon. So it's an expectation, it's a willingness and it's a drive and a motivation to live now In urgency for Jesus. Because I think we live as if the principle is not going to turn up. We live around and think, oh, yeah, it's okay, I'll just do this and I'll do that. You know, Jesus is going to return. I've heard that spoken about, and I know it's in the Bible somewhere. And yeah, he might turn up, but he's not going to turn up tomorrow. The Bible says live life like Jesus is going to turn up in the next couple of seconds, not tomorrow not next week, not next year, not 10 years, not 100 years. We don't know when he's going to turn up. Jesus said himself he doesn't know when he's going to turn up. Revelation actually doesn't tell us exactly when he's going to turn up. Revelation says he's going to. It doesn't tell us exactly when. We actually can learn more about when Jesus is going to turn up from his own words. In Matthew and in Mark, Jesus says, Be ready like a thief in the night. You won't know. And why does he say that? Because he wants us to live as urgently now for Jesus. He wants us to get off our butts and think He could be here any second. So get on with what it means to be living for Him now. And the rest of the New Testament, all the letters are about that, aren't they? About how do we live now in the expectation that Jesus could turn up tomorrow. And the rest of the letters tell us what it is. It's to live to love the Lord to God with your heart, soul and mind and love others as yourself. It's to seek to see God glorified in everything, in every way. Seek to see others come to know Him and love Him. Not just to sit back and make your life comfortable. I think that's what we try to do, don't we? Everything is about comfort in our world. It's about having the right life. It's having the right car. It's having the right place to live in. It's having the right partner. It's having the right whatever it is to make your life look comfortable and healthy. It's even about, not, you know, we say as long as someone's healthy. You know, it's all about just health and comfort, isn't it? I mean, I'm happy that you're healthy, by the way, and I'd like you to be healthy. But that's, that's what drives us. Comfort drives us in this world. And comfort drives us to the sense that Jesus may not return and I don't really know and I don't really think that way. So therefore I'm just going to think it may happen somewhere down in the future and I'll just cruise now. <coughs> Whereas the Bible continually tells us live in expectation that Jesus could turn up any second. Any second. It's a challenge isn't it? Do we live as if Jesus could turn up any second? Revelation. It's a letter of prophetic revelation about Jesus Christ. The triumphant victorious returning king. who desires us to live for him. He desires us to see the world as God sees it, to see the world as God is in control, to see the world, the importance and the urgency of following Jesus because he could be here any moment. Let's pray as we look through the rest of Revelation that those things help us to see what God is saying to you and I here in Evan's Head in this community and what he desires us, and how he desires us to live. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you've revealed your word uh, to John. We thank you that he has written it down for us. We thank you, Lord, that uh, within it we see that you have got this world, that there is bigger things than we can possibly imagine in this world. That you've got it in control and that Jesus is the King, and that we need to be living our lives following Him now. Lord, forgive us for the times that we haven't lived that way. Forgive us, Lord, that we haven't lived expecting You to turn up. Help us, Lord, to live the way that You desire us to live. Knowing. That you are returning. That you are the king. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.